From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for July 10th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined as always by my good friends Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Uh, this week we are going to be playing your voicemails and reading your emails as we always do. And we have a few, uh, few voicemails uh, relating to our Christmas in July series that we're going to play for you. And uh, just before we get started, I'll go over the, the, normal, uh, the normal spiel. If you want to send us an email, send it to podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail, you call us toll-free, the United States, Mexico, and Canada, 877-310-9662. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your very own Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a pin and lanyard. It's your choice. And then at the end of every month, we select one listener at random whose email or voicemail we played, and that person gets a chance to pick a number. Although we're giving out a lot of prizes this month because it's Christmas in July. Three Yay. people got chosen for June. The, oh, that's right. I chose three from June and three from our previous week. Cool. So we're picking names. And also, if you just want to get in on the prize giveaway, go out to the... Uh, podcast main page podcast.wdwinfo.com sign up for our mailing list and that's another way that your name can get picked at random so with that out of the way we're going to get ahead and play our first voicemail and it comes to us from our old friend steve in st cloud but i have a problem with steve's uh steve's voicemail but i'll i'll discuss that afterwards so here he is hey this team this is steve from st cloud florida this is a question for your Christmas in July podcast. I remember seeing an ad the last couple of holiday seasons about the Festival of the Trees, and I think it was held in a local museum in Central Florida. Can you tell us about that? Also, can you tell us about the ice event at the Gaylord Palms? Thanks again, this team, for the great podcast. Uh, yes, Steve, I can tell you about both of those things, but I'm not. You want to know why? Because you didn't sing to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you call back, you sing me a song... And I'll answer your question. Oh, man. Is that it was... any song, or is there like a genre he has to choose no, from? No, no, no. It could be anything. I think he should no. pick a Psycho Billy song. I th- no, I th- no, <laughs> no, I think he should do Cher. I think he should sing something from Cher. Steve likes to call and leave voicemails where he sings to us. So, um, actually, the Festival of the Trees, where was that held? Orlando Museum of Art. That was something that I talked about. That's right. Um, I think it doesn't start until... Don't. Quote me on this because I haven't checked the website yet about it, but I think it's sometime after Thanksgiving through the 1st of December. It doesn't run through Christmas. And then they auction the trees off, don't they? Um, I'm not sure about that. I, I can't, think they I do. I don't want to say. What if they're doing something different this year? <laughs> like setting fire to them in the laundry <laughs> <laughs> and watching the and children the theme, cry. The theme is always different, and you know, it's. I've heard it's really cool. I haven't got a chance to see it, though. And then as far as ice at Gaylord Palms, yeah, that's pretty spectacular. Um this is basically like, what is it, like a, a, a big building made of ice. It's an ice wonderland. It's an ice, yeah, it's all made. They give you a parka. Last year it's they had a slide. Cold. It's nine degrees. They always have a slide. Yeah. Um, well, they did have one last year, too, right? <laughs> yeah. They had, they had a few slides last year. There's also an ice skating rink outside that you can kind of... Ice skate do, on. 
yeah, do that in, in combination with the the winter wonderland or whatever. Yeah, I put them on. I stepped on the ice, stepped off, took them off. <laughs> you made your way around the wall. It was as not you fun. pulled yourself. I did not like it at all. <laughs> Don't we have video of Bob skating? Yes. Yes, we do somewhere. Somewhere I'll find it. I'll, I'll have to hunt for it, but I'll find That's it. Hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. The dates for ice are uh, for this year, November 19th through January 3rd. And, and, per- and there's a charge for it, too. Yeah, there it? is. Prices range from 17 to $25 for adults, $10 for children ages 4 to 12, and free for children under 3. It's absolutely worth it. They have a little gift shop at the end with some cool ornaments those and were, things. Those were ticket prices for 2007, so with everything in the world, they're probably higher. Yeah. We'll have more information about the Festival of the Trees Forum when we talk about Orlando events. Absolutely. So there you go, Steve. I, I, I'd still like a song. <laughs> I, feel, I feel cheated. So Kevin's looking at me like, are you crazy? No, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which share song he's going to pick. Believe. <laughs> oh, all right. We actually have, we have a few voicemails, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and play another one. And... Um, here is Philip, who wants to surprise his wife, but he's working on a budget. So here is Philip. Hey, podcast team. This is Philip, and uh, I have a question for you. Hope you can answer it. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, my wife and I are going to be spending our five-year anniversary in, the, in Disney World uh, in September. We're really looking forward to it. But here's the problem. I want to do something incredibly special for my wife. Um, we are pastors. We're not on a very tight, we're on a tight budget, so don't have a lot of money. I'd like to do something for one night. We've already got our meals, of course, with a dining plan, free dining plan. So what I was thinking is maybe something maybe for $100 that I can do for her. Here's the deal. I want it to be special and a surprise, and she has become addicted to the disboards. That's right. She is addicted. And so she knows everything there is to know about all these things that she can do at Disney World. So I need some ideas. Help me out. What are some original ideas that you guys can tell me? The cool thing is I listen to the podcast and she doesn't. So uh, I could really, really use your help. Hope you can help. Bye-bye. All right, Philip. Well, thank you very much for calling in obviously it makes it a little bit more difficult if you're on a limited budget to do something extraordinary um unfortunately the words extraordinary and expensive at disney world usually go hand in hand but uh, i think there may be a couple of a couple of ideas around the table kevin you look enlightened i do i have one i suggest you sit down and you write a letter to your wife don't let her see you do it and keep it in your pocket when you get to a restaurant whatever restaurant you decide to do this at Get up and pretend you're going to the restroom and enlist the aid of a cast member. Give the letter to the cast member and ask them to deliver it with dessert. Explain to them that it's your fifth anniversary and that you are trying to impress your wife who's not easily impressed. I guarantee you the cast member will find some way to help you do this and to have a letter delivered with dessert that you've taken some time to sit and write. It will cost you nothing. That's a great idea. And I think it will mean more to her than anything you could buy. I think you're right. Because for a hundred dollars, you're really going to be limited. You really, it's, and it's, you know what? It's not about the monetary value. It's about your fifth anniversary and doing something extraordinary. Write an extraordinary letter. That's a really good idea. And if he's a pastor, he's probably really good with his words. Mm-hmm. And now, if you want to spend 
money on a piece of jewelry or a keychain or something that she doesn't see. I, I mean, I'm not joking when I say well, it's a trinket. I have a feeling that's not going to be nearly as important as the letter. Make and, the letter extraordinary. And as far as something you can do, I'm run, running through everything. I'm sure these have all been discussed on the boards before. You can rent a pontoon boat. Um, you can do a carriage ride with her. You could do Cirque du Soleil. I mean, these are all things that are probably common and out there. You could take her to archery lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Write the letter. I think Kevin's idea is the best. That's a great idea. We get this question so much that I feel like anything we say has already been done. Well, it's it's again, it's tough because there are so few things that you can do at Walt Disney World for a hundred dollars. Get her um, a temporary sadly, tattoo. Get her a temporary tattoo. <laughs> Have her hair braided. I mean, we can't even suggest um, gifts of a lifetime. They start higher than that. Yeah, they start. He starts. She starts in the two fifty range. Yeah. Goes up from that. Take her to pick a pearl. I still think the letter is the best oh, idea. Oh, the letter is the best. I, I think that's a, a, a great... And without you handing it to her, enlist the aid of a cast member. And you know what you could do as well is maybe contact the restaurant you're going to do this at ahead of time. Before you come down, talk to the chef and say you want a special dessert made for her. Right. And, you know, come up with something like... And they'll, they'll bend over backwards for you. They'll bend over backwards for you. And maybe do something along those lines. If you want to do something special, ask them, you know, explain this to... The chef at the at whatever restaurant it is you want to do this at, tell him what you're trying to do, and say you want you know some kind of special dessert made for you know whatever it is she likes, and come up with something creative. Can even have the bakery make something. And I'll tell you, don't ever don't ever underestimate calling guest services directly and asking this very same question, because they they've come up with some great ideas. I remember many many years ago, right up to John and I first uh, bought into DVC. We're going back now. This is 97, 96. And we were going to be traveling for his birthday, and I wanted to do something special. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I called. We were staying at Old Key West, and I called Old Key West, and I explained I wanted to do something special. And they suggested that I, and this is, was more than $100, but this just gives you an idea. Uh, they suggested that I have the chef from Olivia's come into our room and actually do a whole, prepare an entire meal and cooking demonstration because John loves to cook. Whole meal really? and cooking demonstration. And well he used to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome cook. And you know he's an awesome cook. Um, really? Oh, stop. But and this and that was really that was very unique. That was something that you don't see done all the time. We could get away with it because we were in a one bedroom uh, at Old Key West that had kitchen, the yeah. had that full kitchen. And he came in. He just did, made this great meal for us. Actually, he made uh, alligator. Did he make gator bites? Mm-hmm. He made alligator, which I refuse to eat. But uh, again, I mean, things like that are. But I know, my, my, my point being is that you can reach out to the restaurants, you can reach out to guest services, you can reach out to the resorts, and ask them. Say, look, you know, what's something special we can do? Kevin's microphone came unplugged. He's you just, are falling apart yeah, over there. <laughs> I'm old. Got a gimpy ear and a gimpy mic. So we hope that uh, something in there, Philip, will help. But uh, I think that's a, a lovely thought on your part to do for your wife, your fifth anniversary. And uh, when you get back, please call us and let us know what you did and how it all turned out. It's her fifth anniversary. I don't know how long you're going to be here, but if you're going to five restaurants, write five letters. 
Mm. What's the uh, what's the material for five don't years? Know. <laughs> Cellophane, <laughs> cling know. wrap. What is rubber it? bands? Rubber bands. Uh, the fifth is wood. <laughs> the traditional gift is wood. The modern gift is silverware. So what's for the four fifth years? anniversary, no, that's for no, number she's five. Said, what's four years? Oh, what's four years? Wooden uh, silverware. The traditional gift is linen or silk. And the modern gift is electrical appliances. Wank. <laughs> Here's your romantic blunder. So you can give her a splinter and one of the tweezers. No, what's funny is the sixth anniversary, the traditional gift is iron. Um, <laughs> and the modern gift is wood. Here's a one-a-day. <laughs> yeah, really. Here's a one-a-day vitamin. <laughs> iron. Here's oh, some that, ore. Thank saying? you for being married to me for six years. Here's some iron ore. This is back when, you know, like she would make horseshoes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some iron. <laughs> back when she had her own smelting plant. Oh, when the iron was made of iron? <laughs> Forge yeah, us right. a sword, will you? Here's some iron. The shoes need horses, baby. Or the, the shoes <laughs> need horses. <laughs> I meant oh, the horses. Those horseless shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, Philip, uh, we hope that helps. So, all right, who has a uh, an email they'd like to read? I do, Kevin. Kevin, looking resplendent in pink today. I am. Pink is the co- pink is the new black. This is from Sarah Fallon. Sarah rhymes with Dara, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hello, guys. I have a question pertaining to the holiday season at Walt Disney World. How exactly do you go about getting tickets for the Candlelight Processional in Epcot? I have heard about it, but have no idea how to get tickets. Sarah, you have to listen to yesterday's show, first of all. And uh, the uh, Candlelight Processional is not a hard-ticketed event. You don't need a ticket to see the show. It's open to all guests at Epcot. Now, they do offer a package. It's the Candlelight Processional package, and that means you choose a restaurant in Epcot, and you get dinner and a guaranteed seat. Uh, there are different levels of restaurants. Again, all this information is on our site. And what you do is you call Disney Dining at 407-WDW-DINE. And you can make your reservation for the fan, uh, excuse me, for the candlelight processional package. There is a credit card hold on this. And they will charge you 48 hours in advance. Otherwise, you pay at the restaurant. After your dinner, at the restaurant of your choice, you go see the show. There are three shows in a day. Now, if you don't want to do the package, there is a standby line. Please understand that the people who have paid for the package have access to the theater first. And they take the uh, seats that are desired. And then the standby line is allowed to fill in after that. Uh, there are again. There are three shows a night, and you don't necessarily have to pay to see it. A couple of things: you will have to line up early if you're doing a standby line. This is a very, very popular event. The other thing is, if you decide that this is not something you have to see, you can. Ju- it's a great thing to just hear. You don't have to wait in line. There's it's uh, audible from just about anywhere around the American Adventure, and there are other places you can sit if a sight line is not important to you. Great. Thank you very much, Kev. Who else has one they'd like to read? I do. Julie. Mine's from Amy. She's in Appleton, Wisconsin. Hi, gang. 
I was curious if you could shed some light on what the procedure is if a hurricane hits while I'm on vacation come this September. We'll be there mid-month, and we are staying at Port Orleans Riverside. We would like to know beforehand what to expect if the unexpected happens while we are in Florida. We'll be spending our 15th wedding anniversary down there along with my husband's birthday. We got married on his birthday, so I know he won't ever forget the day we got married. (laughs) (laughs) Any information would be great. Well, I did a little research, um, which is not hard to do. I Googled it. <laughs> and I'm just going to list a few things here and then give you some websites to go to to find more information. Now, your hurricane hazards are going to be storm surges, inland flooding, high winds, and tornadoes. These are all things to be aware of and know how to prepare for them. If a hurricane watch is issued for your part of the coast or for the central florida area this indicates the possibility that you could experience hurricane conditions within 36 hours this watch should trigger your family's disaster plan and proactive measures should be initiated especially those actions that require extra time such as securing a boat or leaving a barrier island which you won't have to worry about Now, if a hurricane warning is issued for your part of the coast or for central Florida, this indicates that sustained winds of at least 75 miles per hour are expected within 24 hours. Once the warning has been issued, your family should be in the process of completing your proactive actions like your emergency plan and deciding the safest location to be during the storm. Disaster supply kits are something that Floridians do. I'm not sure if you want to prepare one of these for yourself if you're coming down, but they include things like water and non-perishable food, clothing, blankets, and pillows, a first aid kit, um, hygiene items, flashlight and batteries, a radio, a fully charged cell phone. Cash is great to have in case you can't don't have access to an ATM, but credit cards are also a good thing to have with you. Any important documents, um, a full tank of gas in your car if you are driving or have a car here. And then special items for babies or the elderly, such as medicine, bottles, formula, things like that. If you have children, ways to entertain them during the storm are also a good idea. Sedation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To kind of keep their mind off what's going on around them. Uh, For more information on preparedness, you can go to floridadisaster.org. And then we also have a Red Cross website as well as a National Hurricane Center website. And those links were a little bit longer, so we're just going to post those with the show notes. I'm going to send those to Peter. But those will give you more information on how to be prepared and what to expect. So I hope that helps. Great. That should help anyone who's traveling during hurricane season. Keep in mind that, um, first of all, you're in the center of the state. So usually we don't get the hurricanes. We get the remnants of a hurricane. But it can still be scary for somebody who's never experienced very high winds and stuff like that. I just want people to understand that. You know, it's possible, but it's not probable. And if you hear them talk about hurricanes, it's the coastal areas that are most likely going to get hit. Right. So we don't want people to panic and say, oh, hurricane's coming. What do I do? Second, I want to also let her know, too, that Disney World is self-contained. They have their own generators and they generate their own electricity. So the likelihood of losing power is unlikely. Also, they go through building standards that are better than the state-mandated building standards for hurricane and wind resistance. As a matter of fact, many locals will try to get rooms at Disney during storms because they know that they won't lose power and that they'll also be in a safer structure. So try not to, you know, you always want to be safe and you always want to be aware, but try not to panic or worry about a hurricane at Disney World. Also, as a tourist at Disney World, I think some of those things are even more important. Um, First of all, hurricanes don't surprise us. 
hurricanes don't happen within minutes and it's not like a tornado there's no warning with a tornado with a hurricane we may we've made jokes about it they let you know a week in advance that there's a possibility so these are not things that sneak up on you these are things that you know about well in advance and you will have enough time if you're driving to get out of the way of the hurricane or to see if you can change your flights. I think one of the, a couple of the things that Julie mentioned that any tourist should keep in mind is that having cash is really a good idea. If the area loses power, that the credit card machines, the ATM machines, they tend to lose power also. So having some cash in your pocket, um, all of your personal items, your um, documents, your license, your passport, all of those things you should keep with you, and a full tank of gas. Those are things that I personally, even living here, mm-hmm. have been caught without. And this is after knowing for a week that it was coming. Because you never think, well, the gas station will still be open and I'll still be able to use my ATM card. I wasn't able to do that. John was actually the smart one and got gas and cash. So, And, and while it is, as John said, it's, un, it's very unusual um, for a hurricane to really have tremendous impact here because we are in the middle of the state. Just in just a few years ago, in 2004, we had three major storms where the eye of the storm passed over downtown Orlando and did a pretty substantial amount of damage in the area, although Disney was pretty, um, again, for the reasons Kevin outlined about the preparedness that they do in general at Disney World for this stuff and the the way the buildings are are constructed, uh, Disney was relatively unscathed, whereas a lot of other areas in Orlando were not. I know this area where I live, we had a lot of damage, a lot of down power lines, a lot of trees, uh, a lot of trees collapsed. Signs, that's the weirdest thing. It was everywhere. The signs Mm -hmm. mangled and um, the gas station, you know, whatever you call the little awning or whatever that goes over the tanks, those were gone. Yeah. I also want to point out, too, that Disney's main concern is your safety. They will close parks as they see fit. They will shut down services as to keep their cast safe so again this isn't like you're going to be in a park and all of a sudden a hurricane's going to hit and there's going to be mass chaos and no one's going to know what to do you're going to be prepared they're going to let you know during the course and if of it's their anniversary events. and they do have to hunker down in their room i don't think they'll be having any problems <laughs> anniversary if you have to have a, if you have to hunker down bring spam <laughs> we took on one of the tours we took Disney has a plan in each of their parks, and they explain to us that if they had to evacuate a park, and we're not talking getting you to leave, we're talking to clear the park of people, there is enough shelter that they feel that they can clear any park in under 15 minutes. Really? And that's, that's have everybody inside. Really? There's enough space. You might not see... Uh, uh, guest space, you might see cast member space, but there is enough space to get everybody in each park inside in 15 minutes. Wow. I didn't know that. It's very impressive. That is. That is. So, well, that's good. Well, thank you very much for that. Our next voicemail comes to us from Kathy, who has a question about where to eat on an upcoming trip. So here's Kathy. Hi, my name is Kathy Romano, and my family and I are coming into Orlando to go to Disney World November the 22nd through November the 29th, and I wanted to say I just have really uh, gotten a lot of great information off of the website. My brother-in-law referred me to it, and it's just wonderful. My question is, I've already booked a lot of our dining. We are on the premium package. And one night, uh, I'm trying to decide between Citricose 
and the California Grill. Um, I wanted to get maybe Kevin's opinion, if possible, or someone that has uh, dined at both, which one you would select. If you had to pick one or the other, which one it would be. Um, so far, the, the Disney people I have talked to have all recommended California Grill. And so that's the question. If you could let me know uh, what your choice would be, I would greatly appreciate it. And again, wanted to let you guys know, I greatly appreciate the uh, website. It, it's been wonderful. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for that, Kathy, and thank you very much for for calling in. I'll let everybody give their individual opinions. Uh, based on recent experiences for me, and I say recent, I mean over the last couple of years, um, I would have to go with California Grill over Citrico's. Um, the last few times I was at Citrico's, what, you disagree? Oh, we've never been there. Oh. <laughs> you give him, give him <laughs> looks. <laughs> no, no, no he looks at me as if to say we've never been there. Oh. oh. <laughs> um, the last couple times I was at Citrico's, there was, there were, like, the food just wasn't that great. It just wasn't that great. Um, now, granted, it was a couple years ago, so it may have changed, but uh, we hear a lot of positive reports. We hear a lot more positive reports coming out of the California Grill, I would say, than we do out of Citrico's. So... Just kind of based on anecdotal evidence and my own experience, my vote would go to Cali. But what do you guys think? I haven't been to Citrico's in a very long time, so I can't really do a comparison. California Grill, the last time we ate there, we had a very nice meal, nice view. I'm going to give you a third option. I say do Narcusis. Oh, think, that's right. Yeah. I think that's the better of the California Grill versus Narcusis. Narcusis is definitely the better restaurant. Better atmosphere, better view. Just all around. That's what I would do. It's funny. I wasn't going to say anything, but I, I was going to. I was going to say the same thing you were going to say. I have never been to Citrico's. I know that's hard to believe. I've made reservations three different times, and I don't know what it is, but it seems every time I make reservations at Citrico's, something happens that we have to cancel those reservations. Uh, California Grill has a great reputation. It has a spectacular view. You can't beat it. For my money, Narcissus is uh, I would choose that over any either of the other two. I find that to be a casual, elegant restaurant. I think the atmosphere is great. I think your view is spectacular. You get to see uh, all the, the hotels. You can see all three hotels and the Magic Kingdom. And we just had a spectacular time there. That would be my choice. So of the three, of the two you chose, I would pick California Grill. If you're going to take our advice... I would add Narcissus. Cool. Corey, Julie, any... Uh... I'll take y'all word for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been to Crow's and California Grill. We sat at the bar and ate. Yeah. But I like the view up there. Yeah, the view at California Grill is pretty spectacular. Here's now, a, as a... I'm sorry, I think we're going to say the same thing. Go ahead, you go first. As a guest of California Grill, you can either be, see the fireworks from there, or as a guest, if you had eaten prior to the fireworks time, you can go back to the catwalk outside of uh, California Grill, which is on top of the Contemporary Resort, and watch the fireworks from there. That space is reserved for guests of the California Grill, but you don't have to have to be eating at the time the fireworks go off. You can return as a guest of that evening. Well, there you go. Kathy, I hope that uh, gives you something to work with. Our next voicemail comes to us from Diane in New York, who has a suggestion for the Martins. So here is Diane. Hi, Pete and the whole podcast crew. My name is Diane, and I live in New York. 
and I love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. And I have a suggestion. Um, we're coming down in, as a family in August, my family and I, and my two 14-year-old daughters and I are going to be going to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. I read a lot about it on the board, and I see that there's a lot of adults, teens, elderly that actually do this. And I was really wondering if it would be possible for Julie to go, Julie and Corey, to go as a couple and do an adult perspective um, do-over, makeover at the castle. Um, Julie could get the tiara, and Corey could get the cool dude hairdo. And then it could be followed up with pictures, and I could just see them sitting in those seats in the castle. They're absolutely adorable on the podcast, and I would love to see them side-by-side having their having their makeover. So that's my suggestion. Thanks a lot, guys. So I, I see Corey and Julie shaking their head. I politely decline. Um, John and Kevin don't fish. We don't do bibbidi bobbidi booty. <laughs> you get one pass as part yeah. of the podcast. I'm going to be honest with you, Kathy. We go to the parks a lot. I don't see a lot of adults having it done. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I, I see the, the few I have seen are notable because they are so few and far between. Um it's not something I consider an adult activity. Yeah, I agree. I'm not I would feel to... really weird. I would feel like people would be staring at me, saying, "Who does she think she is?" Why does this guy have blue hair? No, <laughs> it's not. It's again. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. If it's something you have your heart set on, then I say to heck with what anybody thinks, including me. Go do it. And if I really wanted to have it done, I'd go do it. But it's not something. I don't know what you're reading or what you're hearing. It's not something you see a lot of adults having done. To be really honest, I don't like what they do with that little girl's hair. I hate how they slick it back. I just don't like it. I'm not having that done. And oh, no, I'll let someone it. take a photo of me. No, I, I, I have to disagree with you on that. I think what, I think what they do is a, they do a beautiful job with those little girls. And, and make, I don't mind like the dress and everything. I think I just don't like the hair. But um, you know, we're each entitled to our own opinion. Yeah, of course, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I also just, think it depends on what they pick because some princesses they put the extensions in. I'll tell you what, but some they pull it back. When you see the face of a five-year-old getting this done, well, that's you don't, totally you don't care about. That. It's not going to happen to me though. No, I'm saying no. I <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying you should, and I'm not saying you have to go do it. I'm just saying that you know. It, it, it really is. I, I felt the same way about it until I took a kid to go do it, and then I was like, "Okay, no, this is really cool." I think we should volunteer Will to do it since he's not here today. Uh-huh. We should You're have him here. do it. Tell me, he has to climb in through the window too. Have him drink some of his whiskey first, <laughs> and then go do it. <laughs> oh, from NASCAR to the boutique, yeah. If I have the need to wear a tiara around the park, I will go to the gift shop and purchase my own and put it on my own head. <laughs> it, it's. It's a very special look, and I can understand the make-believe factor for a kid. I can yeah. understand the the first trip to getting pampered for a kid, and, you know, they're into the whole princess special. thing. Yeah. Right, and I understand that, and I think it's great. Again, I just don't think it's something I see a lot of adults doing. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of adults in a couple of, twice I've been in there, two times I've been in there um, with my niece. I haven't seen any adults getting done. Seen some older girls, and I say older girls, I'm talking 14, maybe 14, 15, but the vast majority of them are all, like, not teenagers. It would kind of feel weird, the 30-year-old sitting next to a 5-year-old getting, There's you know. also a creep, excuse me, a creepy factor. Yeah. 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 So, well, thank you for the suggestion, Diane, but, you know. Sorry. I, I, played, it for, I, I played it for you, and they shot it down. So. <laughs> um, 
I can't make him do everything. <laughs> so, all right, who has another email they'd like to read? John. I have one from Bob Hendricks in Howard, Ohio. Hey, gang, have you checked out the latest hot topic on the discussion boards? The new change in making reservations for DVC has really got the discussion boards smoking. One thing at this time, <laughs> one thread at this time is over 680 posts in just four and a half days. Plus there is another, plus there are many other threads popping up on the topic. Um, for those of you who don't know, DVC has recently and suddenly changed their booking policy. As I think we've mentioned in the past, you can book in your home resort 11 months in advance and in your non-home resort 7 months in advance or further out or, or closer out. It used to be you had a book just the day that fell 11 months in advance. So people would have to call in, make a one-day reservation, then wait for another the next day to pass and then call in and make the next day reservation. If you had, we were going to stay a week, you'd have to do this every day for seven days. Which is so ridiculous. They have changed the policy where now you can make your reservation for seven days from the first day of 11 months out. So now I want to stay for a whole week. I can call 11 months out and I can make my whole week's reservation at that point. The, the hullabaloo on the board seems to be people who have seen that there are potential for loopholes and abuse of the system. Specifically for units that are hard to get and for dates that are hard to get, they feel that if you only have enough points to, say, get New Year's Eve and you can only afford those three nights with your points, people who are now allowed to book for an entire week are going to take up those times and you won't have a chance to get them. So this is what the whole he's talking about on the boards. A lot of people are sort of speculating as to what the negative of this might be. In my opinion, I think it's a good policy. I was just going to say, I think it's a very good policy. Yeah, I think this this comes down to giving DVC members the option to not have to be on the phone the whole time. Or the other side is you'd have to wait for the end, the last day of your vacation to make the entire vacation 11 months out. And then there was a possibility that a day would be missing. So it's a little bit more cumbersome the other way. This makes this way makes it a little bit easier. And then if you want to add on, you then you have to call in the next day and add on the eighth day to your trip and the ninth day to your trip. But again, I asked um, Doc on the boards, Webmaster Doc, to sort of give me a rundown of what the negatives were. He believes that there are some areas where people could abuse this and other people on the boards are speculating that there might be times when people might be shut out of the really popular times of the really popular resorts. This is a wait and see type of thing. to see how it unfolds. Yeah. yeah. They so. did the same thing with the ADR with the 180 days plus 10. Right. This way you don't have to call back every single day to make your next day's ADRs. It's the same principle. You know, a lot of this stuff falls under that no matter what you do, people are not going to be happy. Somewhere along the line, someone's always going to find the negative in anything that any policy that Disney makes. I mean, think of making any hotel reservation anywhere in the world. Can you imagine calling the Hilton in Seattle? You have to call Monday. You have to call Tuesday. You have to call Wednesday. No, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. And I think this also plays into what Disney does when they manufacture hype. They manufacture this hype that at 11 11 months out on this morning, you have to call in and make this reservation. You know, and I think that plays into it. People get caught up in that. You know, I make reservations all the time. I never have trouble making a reservation. 
whether it's three months out or four months out. Again, I will never make anything for Christmas or New Year's, so those coveted times are not what I'm looking for. But in general, I never have a trouble. Never have trouble with any reservation. We hear the same thing about making dining reservations. You have to call it 180 days, or you're never going to eat where you want to eat. Yeah. Well, I just called the other day and got a Cinderella's Royal Table dinner two weeks out for a party of six on a Saturday night. So it's not unheard of, though. I mean, it's not that... And I'm not calling any special And this is number. in July. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling yeah, a special number. Of. Right. It's not like you're, you've got an in somewhere yeah. who got I you this reservation. I Disney Dining. Unbelievable, though. Unbelievable that you got that. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I don't know. It sounds like a good policy to me. I guess, like you said, we're going to have to see how it fleshes out. And if it does get abused, if people are getting block, locked out of dates... Because other people are abusing the new system, but you know DVC's always been, at least in my opinion, has always been very responsive to issues like that. I mean, this sounds to me like a change they're making for the betterment of the system, not to screw anybody or or make more money for themselves that's or anything my, like that. There's no rule you can make that's going to close every loophole. No, there's not. There's not. The other thing I would like to see is DVC needs to bring their reservation systems online. There's really no reason why they can't do it. You know, do you know what the inventory is for that hotel? Let their members go and and book online. They've already brought um, points and banking and borrowing points and all that stuff. So, the next logical step is let people book online, so they don't have to worry about calling in. But hopefully, in the future. Cool. Well, thank you for that, John. Who else has one, Corey? I have one um, from Mary, Miss Minnie Mouse on the boards. Hi, podcast crew. I love Christmas in July. Does that mean I get my birthday present now? I am a Christmas baby. Yes, December 25th is indeed my birthday. Anyway, I have a question for all of you. Are there any special backstage tours that relate specifically to the Christmas season? When are these offered and where do you go on them? We'll be at Disney World in mid-November and leaving the day after Thanksgiving. Will anything be offered before Thanksgiving? I know my husband and I would love to hear more about all they go through to for the parks and resorts, getting the parks and resorts ready for the Christmas season. Um, unfortunately, the Yuletide Fantasy Tour, we have the, uh, the dates for 2007, which was November 27th through December 30th. So you're not going to make that one. That is a, a Christmas tour. It's a three-and-a-half-hour tour, $69 per person, and this is kind of like a backstage um, tour about the holidays. You... It includes Epcot's World Showcase, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Streets of America, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, backstage um, at Holiday Services, and a walk up Main Street at the Magic Kingdom. But that's all I know about as far as the Christmas tours. If you take the backstage Magic Tour, that's the big full day tour that takes you backstage in all the different parks. If you go at a non-holiday time, the Holiday Warehouse is part of the tour. However, I doubt it would be part of the tour at that time of year because it would be empty. Right, exactly. Mm. And they wouldn't, I, I imagine they would close that part of it the couple of weeks before Thanksgiving in order because it's going to be a hub of activity as they're pulling this stuff out. That would be a cool time to say it, though. It would be. But that's part of it. It's just not going to, I don't think it's going, that part of the tour won't be available while you're here. Cool. Well, I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much for that. Mr. Martin, if I can get my notes back up here. All right, and while we're on the holiday theme, we have Marcy from New York, another New Yorker, 
uh, with some questions about the holidays. So here's Marcy. Um, hi, Pete, Kevin, John, Julie, Corey, Walter, and Will. This is Marcy from New York. Um, I'm also known as Luna99 on the Disboard. Uh, my question for you guys today is, is there anything cool that goes on in celebration for Christmas? Me and my family are going to Disney in December, and we have some downtime, and I thought maybe it would be fun to go to celebration if they have anything cool happening. Um, I also wanted to know if there's any cool, I think I've said cool like three times now, <laughs> um, if there's anything that you all do to celebrate Christmas together or if you have any Christmas um, traditions. Anyway, thanks a lot. Well, thank you, Marcy. Yes, I have a uh, I have a Christmas tradition. I uh, sit in a dark room in the corner and plot the death of my enemies. <laughs> Don't ask me where that came from. While singing Christmas carols. While singing Christmas carols in off-key voice. That's very Dickensian of you. <laughs> very goth of you. Really. Peter's one of those people who should not own a gun. <laughs> Back to Luna. Oh, sorry. There was a question there, wasn't there? Back to Luna 99. Um, Luna, we are going to do, as part of our Christmas in July series, we'll talk about celebration. But what they have done in the past is they do a, uh, uh, they make up the town. They decorate it very nicely on their main street. They'll make it snow nightly. And Actually, last year they did something different, remember? They cordoned off all of Main Street and they filled it with about a foot of foam so that the kids could play in the snow. Right. But they also made it snow off of the roofs as well. No, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, they'll have horse-drawn carriage rides. Um, and I believe, I don't know if it's every weekend, but certain weekends they have um, performers come in. And a holiday train. Holiday train. Human sacrifices. <laughs> Psycho Billy. They do. They play Psycho Billy. Yeah. Black metal. Stop. I can't even think. <laughs> So and they have carolers also. They do. Celebration's a great place at Christmas. We're going to, again, talk about it and see if we can get more specifics of what's going to go on this year. But if you have a chance to go visit, we suggest doing it. Um, also take a chance, to, uh, a few minutes, to walk around Celebration Hotel. They do a very nice job of decorating that. And it's kind of small, so it won't take you long. It's a feat easily accomplished by glancing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look through the window and you see the decorations. <laughs> Oh, you're too much. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and Celebration Town Tavern is right there. We can't say enough about that. That's where we had dinner Saturday night. We like that place. She asked about our holiday traditions. We've talked about this. John and I spend Christmas Eve. We did it with Bob's family. We spend Christmas Eve at the Candlelight Processional each year. Um, and we make a point during the Christmas season of visiting as many places as we can in the parks to see the decorations. Sometimes not doing anything other than that. Also, if you're in town on Christmas Eve and not going to be in one of the parks, there's an area downtown in what they call the museum area, and there's a neighborhood that puts out uh, the entire neighborhood lines or streets with candle area. And that's another one of our Christmas Eve traditions. After we finish the candlelight processional, we usually drive downtown and drive through this area. It's right off uh, Mills Avenue and go see all the, the houses with the Candelaria lining their driveway. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses. That's more to see if anybody burned down. Right. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't know. We have tradition. We normally go to Louisiana just yeah. to spend that with our family. We go to Christmas Eve Mass with his mom and dad. Um, here, the tradition, I guess, would be we pick out our tree together. Corey puts lights on. I decorate it. And then we pack. 
<laughs> and I play Christmas music. <laughs> well, our tradition is we argue over the tree. We have Christmas tree drama every year. No, P- picking I let him it pick out it. or what? I like a real tree. Kevin wants a fake tree, and he Kevin would like to pay, put the fake tree up tomorrow. Fake trees are a sin against Christmas. <laughs> My <laughs> tough. I would have mine up from oh July twentieth through March twentieth, and John insists on putting up a real tree, which starts to die the minute you put it in the car. It does not. <laughs> and we are allowed to put it up six seconds before Christmas. And last year, we got home from, we went on a cruise. We got off the cruise, and we had the luggage in the car, and we stopped to buy milk for our coffee, and they had Christmas trees on sale. John raised home, we threw the luggage on the front porch, and went back and bought a Christmas tree. So now I've got luggage, dirty laundry, and a Christmas tree. So we have a Christmas tree drama every year. And then we have the drama of where are we going to put the Christmas tree, because we don't have a big house. Oh, our tree has a spot. Ours does now, too. And we're getting a silver one that's four feet tall, and we're buying it next week. And that's Are you talking about the retro one? <laughs> no. Oh, I have an uncle who bought like three of the retro Christmas trees. You know, the silver with the colored light. I don't know. If you, you guys have to remember. I'm not old enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Back to and Luna. it looks really cool. Well, I already told you my my Christmas. Uh, you weren't joking. That's yeah. Sitting there. Sit in a corner in the dark, play Christmas music, and plot the death of my enemies. And that's a great holiday tradition. There you go. Merry Christmas. Happiest place on earth. No, you know, it's fun. I really don't. I really don't have. I mean, Walter. It's not that he doesn't celebrate Christmas, doesn't like Christmas. He's just not into like the tree and the. This is a man talking who has a Christmas decoration up all year round. <laughs> <laughs> he has a Christmas village up all year round. Well, that's. You want to try taking that down and put it back up every year? No. <laughs> Peter's in Just there. so people understand what he's talking about. <laughs> but he makes it sound like he decorates with black cray paper or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I've decorated. Um, no, I'm talking about Walter now. Oh, I, okay. No, I do. De- I don't have a tradition in terms of I go certain places on Christmas Eve or do things like that. No, I do decorate my house. But uh, when uh, uh, my house has a, a 300-gallon aquarium tank... <laughs> In it, and I will not maintain an aquarium. So what I did was I went to do, what is it, Department Fifty Six, whatever it is, and I bought all the as many of the the Christmas village Village. things, and I created this whole diorama in my in this three hundred gallon aquarium. It's Christmas three hundred and sixty five days a year at Peter's house. (laughs) Well, once I you know once I, I when I first bought everything, I'm thinking, okay, you know, we'll do it for Christmas, and then take it down with the rest of the decorations. Then when I realized what went into getting it all in the aquarium, okay, because at some point in this, I literally had to climb into the uh, aquarium. to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> now, mind you, at that point, I was 50 pounds lighter than I am now. I never could get in there now. But um, They should hire you to decorate store windows. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, I hope that uh, <laughs> answers your question, Marcy. Peek into our psychosis. <laughs> she just canceled her trip. <laughs> I'm going to run into those fools. <laughs> All right, John, you have one you want to read? I do. I have one from Mary Kay Blanco in Westwood, New Jersey. Hi, podcast crew. I love the show on the boards. Why are you trying to make Julie smell your armpits? He <laughs> is trying to make me. That's the whole thing. I swear I put deodorant on today. He's telling me. He's, like, he's got his it. arm Just, around the back. I'm like, you have to smell me right now. He's trying to pull my chair closer and make me smell his armpits. He's disgusting. <laughs> Spraying with mace under there. Yeah, really. You got mace and a stun gun and guns and rifles. Not on me. 
I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. <laughs> Is this going to be part of the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? These people have learned so much about us today, haven't they? <laughs> and you're going to cruise with us. <laughs> have to smell Corey's that's, armpit. Right. That's going to be that's, that's going to be one of the events. <laughs> While they're going around to the bars with them, they're all going to have to smell his armpits. Oh, my, I'm going to gag in a second. <laughs> I think I just threw up a little. <laughs> I just threw up a little in my mouth. Go ahead. Hi, podcast crew. I love the show and the boards. We're traveling to Walt Disney World in October with our kids, three and four, and really looking forward to the kids' first Disney experience. Our family was reminiscing about our first trip in 1976. I remember a reference Kevin made about drinking the juice out of the fruit-shaped container and brought back a lot, a lot of memories. Does anyone remember the silhouettes? They look like cameos they did on Main Street. Do they still do them? My parents still have ours from our first trip, and I think it might be fun if we were able to recreate this memory with my family. Thank you for the great shows every week. Um, Downtown Disney. Yep, it's like Julie knows the answer to this, and I think Kevin knows. Right the across to this. from the Goofy Candy Company, they do it, and they also do it in Liberty Square, right near uh, the Hall of Presidents. Oh yeah. Like between the Hall of Presidents and Columbia Harbor House. They're not expensive either. I don't know actual prices, but it's funny. I just looked at these not too long ago. It's like $10 for one person and 18 for two if you want to have a double silhouette done. And then you can buy the little oval frame there. But, yeah, they definitely still do it. Talk about a great tradition. We have them. I I have them from 1971 at our house. They're of other people. (laughs) 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 But you have them. Oh, yeah, I wasn't set. He no. bought the generic one. So, yeah, you can have them done. I think that's a great tradition. I think it's a cool family Yeah, I can thing see from year to year how much of a shadow I cast. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your, your silhouette retouch. <laughs> can you slim it down a little bit? Could you take out a chin? <laughs> just, just one. The other three are fine. <laughs> All right, we have one more voicemail we're going to play this week, again, on the holiday theme comes to us from Don, who has some tips of his own to share with us about holiday, uh, what he's done at Disney World for the holidays. So here is Don. Hi, guys. This is for your Christmas in July segment. This is Don, or Deep Puck, 1998, on the boards. We spent last Christmas at Disney and had a wonderful trip. A few things we did to bring a small piece of our home with us on the trip is we shipped down a box of Santa presents for our kids. In our first day, we drove to Walmart and picked up a small tree for our room, some lights, garland. We put the lights on our balcony. We were staying at the Beach Club Villas. We decorated our room with a small tree, garland, wreaths on the door, and put stockings on the wall. With just a few 3M hooks and some cheap decorations from Walmart, we really made it feel like Christmas for us, away from home. Our kids were up bright and early on Christmas Day to open presents, so we were able to get to the Magic Kingdom by 7 a.m. The park was actually very quiet that day. And we, as quiet as I've seen it, and we travel in January and October. And we were able to hit all the major rides, collect fast passes. Of course, around noon, the hordes had gathered. We snagged a spot for the, by the train station and just watched the parade. The crowds below us were huge. After the parade, we used our fast passes, went on less popular rides, Carousel Progress, Tomorrowland Transit Authority, Hall of Presidents, stuff like that. After hearing all the horror stories about the crowds at Christmas Day, we really found it very manageable, and we had a great time. We had a great dinner, a fun dinner, I should say, at Liberty Tree that night to finish off our day. And besides Christmas Day, the crowds really I didn't find too bad up until Christmas Day and beyond. 
when things really didn't seem to get packed then. We had a great time, though, doing just the Christmas stuff, not focusing on rides and shows at Disney Hollywood Studios, which was then MGM. We spent a lot of time just hanging out at the Osborne Lights, Epcot. We tried to go see all the storytellers in each country. So we tried to do all the things we wouldn't normally do or couldn't normally do during our normal trips. We had such a great time being away for Christmas that it's now we're trying to make it a tradition to spend Christmas away from home as often as possible. So, anyway, thanks for the great show, guys. I don't miss a single show. I think I've heard every show since the beginning. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you for that, Don. Actually, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, uh, report about the Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day because we always hear that, you know, I, I will not go near the Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day. Uh, because we hear about the crowds, but um, and I think everybody kind of knows that's going to happen. But you know, getting there early, you know, these are these are you know traditional tips that you know will work any time of the year when it's busy. But uh, especially at Christmas is when it, it really comes in handy because yeah, they, that part does get nuts. Don is um, one of our Disboard regulars, and he just did something that I consider to be about one of the nicest things I've ever heard. He has a young son, and I apologize if I've gotten some of the details wrong. I've been on vacation, and I haven't really kept up with it. But he has a young son, and apparently they were talking one night about taking a friend for the young son to Disney World with him. Well, the son went and invited him before any plans were put in place. Oh, yeah. So the kid was very, very excited. Well, that meant they had already had airfare. They already had reservations. They already had all their ADRs planned. And Don and his family went back and put everything in place to take this young boy with them to Disney World. And he did a trip report on it. So I think that's just spectacular. And I think it's one of the nicest things I've ever heard. That was. I, I remember reading that. That was that was fantastic that they did that. So I just wanted to give him some credit because I think he sounds like a terrific guy. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And so thank you very much, Don, for uh, for calling in. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. I forgot to say hello to Anthony. I'm and done. Simon. Hello, Simon. And Simon. Simon and Stop Anthony. Forget Simon. Simon Kadusik. All right, and that'll do it for our show this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening. <laughs>